0: You're listening to the USCA official podcast which takes you behind the scenes of eventing covering all the big events, professional tips and tricks, interviews, special guests and the latest USCA eventing news. Welcome to the USCA official podcast and listeners it is the review of the year who can believe that we are at the end of 2022. It has been an action packed year as well, all sorts. And we're gonna look back on some of the highlights. We're gonna pick out some of our favorite moments of the year as well. And I have a full team in the house. This makes me so happy. I'm gonna start by introducing the man who actually was doing research on his way into work (laughs) this morning. Robert, (laughs) you described yourself as a nerd. I think. I am all there for it.
1: I'm a giant nerd. I, I'm such a nerd, as I said earlier, that the chief scientist of the U.S. Department of Agriculture once called me a nerd. And now the president of the U.S.A., Max Corcoran, has also <laughs> called me a
2: nerd. <laughs> Living the fits.
0: Yeah. Uh, you listened to the midseason review on your way into work this morning.
1: I did. I did. And it reminded me of a couple of things uh, from Carolina and Kentucky. It was great
0: feels like a long time ago going all the way back to sort of March doesn't it um, but we're gonna look back on some of our favorite moments and some of them listeners do go back to the start of the season. Max Corcoran how are you? Uh, very well thank you it's good to be here at my last podcast as president. <laughs> oh kind of don't, you're not getting off lightly we're not gonna let you away no. from the podcast you still have to come back.
2: Good. I love to do that that's fun but yeah this is there it is. I got, of I this recording, I am, I am 11 days away. It's kind of wild. As
0: the show is released, you will actually no longer be present. <sighs> the
2: there you go. There you go. But It's
0: all very sad, but I know. exciting times ahead and uh, recording the USCA podcast is going to be on your list of duties as a past president. I love it. Make sure of it. Um, finally, it has been a little while since we've had you on the show. Don't burn. How are you?
3: i was really hoping you wouldn't come to me because there's a man drilling and drilling his way <laughs> to the center of the earth and seemed pretty quiet for today and he literally just started as you were introducing it and, uh, rob and i was like oh surely that drill will surely that drill will die down any second now it'll die down any second now it will die down, it, will die down any, it hasn't it's dying down it's,
0: it's okay. Uh, it's okay.
3: Oh goodness. Uh it's great to be on. It's great to be on. Despite the despite the, the many trials of, of working from home and balancing all these things, Nicole, um, it is a it's a it's a great show, one that I enjoy every year. Looking back always gives that sense of uh excitement. I think it's been a particularly exciting year. I think it's yeah, it's a show I've been really looking forward to. So ready ready to go.
0: If the last couple of years has taught us something, it is that we should always be adaptable to anything that is now going on in the background. Um, So do not worry at all. Right. Let us dive in. So before we started recording, listeners, I actually sent everybody a couple of different questions or sort of topics that we're going to discuss. So the first thing we're going to talk about is standout performance of the year. We're going to look at some of the stories of the year, and then the big moments or the shocks of the year as well. And we'll see where it takes us. I think it'll incorporate most of the big stories, uh, the big performances, and a few of our favourite moments as well. So standout performance of the year. There are a number that could spring to mind. I have a feeling one in particular is
2: going to come to the forefront. Uh, and Max, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Um, my standup performance this year was from the entire U.S. eventing team, from the vets to the fairs, to the riders, to the horses and the grooms and everybody in between, because they sort of, um, achieved, uh, above and beyond what they were expected. Uh, it was a great team. I guess I was, I'm a little bit partial because I was there with them and, uh, got to witness it all, but, um, it was amazing. They were great from start to finish, um, professional poised, Uh, very good teamwork and successful. And it was right down to the very little nitty gritty and they never stopped fighting. So there you go. I think that was the, to me, was the standout performance of the year.
0: I don't think anybody can argue with that. And actually, it's an interesting one because... You could look at sort of individual performances, but ultimately that team performance, it it is exactly as it says on the Tim. Everybody pulling their weight, every single little point of a penalty counted. um, And it was a whole team effort to be able to make it happen. It has been a good number of years since we have had a US team medal at a
2: major championship. I want to say twenty it 20, was it 20? 20, well, in, in a world championship, 20. Years, at a world and a, 18, at a
0: championship, at a, at a, yes. Yeah, so, at um, a... D, I know you have campaigned pretty heavily uh, that the US have been on the comeback trail over the last couple of years, and I know that you were absolutely delighted. You said all along the US will be on the podium.
3: There was a point during the show jumping where there were fairly heavily trending to win gold so i'm excited but i i the job isn't done yet and and i think that's probably the secondary exciting piece of this i think there's been a really long journey back and you know we're talking in our own echo chamber and amongst the four of us who've seen and been around uh this story for for some time i think because of our naturally positive outlook um generally across the US and also as people who see the the journey and the 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 battle that you go through in taking a horse either through the levels or just keeping a horse sound for an entire season. I think there is always a reticence to say things aren't great at the moment. I think I it felt like a couple of times probably from twenty 16 through to 2020 that, or even maybe you know 20 you could even go back 2010 through to 2016 I think there was times at which even though we all said this is going to be okay and this is a good team and there's plenty of talent here and there was and I think that's a really important point to say like there really was talent there but things didn't go as well as they could have and I think the point I mean and we laughed at it at the time but I think one of the points I made back then was like Eventing in the U.S. is too big. There's too much invested in it. I don't mean financially, but, you know, in terms of, of effort and dedication, there's too much invested in it every year for the U.S. not to be a global force. Like there really is no reason for, for the Kiwis and the Aussies to be sitting ahead of the U.S. Um, in terms of finishing scores, in terms of our expectation. Being honest, the U.S. for that time, Nickers, it felt like they were sitting at the bottom of that big six. You know, the, the big six being Germany and Germany and Britain, who right now would be absolutely vying for that one and two spot, regardless of Protoni. I, I think we could accept that not, neither of them have gone away too far. But I think where, where it fell after that was the Kiwis, the Aussies and the French would generally fill one of the next podium spots. And then it was the US. And the US at a time felt like they could potentially even be caught by, you know, Japan building uh, Ireland had that big result in 2018. Um, uh, Sweden, a little bit resurgent. You know, th- there has been a challenge, and there was the potential. I think, and it's an important thing to say, there was the potential at times over the last number of years that the US would actually be caught from behind, rather than actually climb and catch the Germans and, and the US. And I think that would be a disaster because I don't think it's reflective of the 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 effort, the the horsepower uh, the finances, but, but everything about eventing in the U S was just too big to be where it was. And some of that is luck. Some of that is chance. Uh, some of it is planning and, 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 um, finding the right pathway. When we were talking about this four or five years ago, we said it can't last. Like this is as long as we stay with the right processes and keep following and believing in what we're doing, this will change. What I think is exciting, Nicole, is Firstly, we've gotten enough of a confidence boost from Protoni and from uh, the previous year, Will Coleman at Aachen, but equally then from people like Liz and Philip and, um, you know, Shanro Cooley and horses that we're seeing coming through at the Leon. I think there's enough feedback now from the market uh, in terms of the eventing market, in terms of uh, events around the world. I think there's enough feedback now to say not only does the U.S. kind of or has twenty. 2021 2022, been a year, years in which we can say that the revival has bega- began to solidify, not just feel like a conceptual thing that Ek ratings are talking about. Oh, there are certain metrics where we can see improvement. Uh, I think now we can see that that has happened—an Aachen winner, medals and a World Championship, and now I think we go to Paris and on then to LA with something really to hold on to. I think there's a really big chance that there's something to hold on to now. So I'm excited about review, but equally. It doesn't feel like a one-off. It doesn't feel like this is um, a not this not not the product of hard work, which is good for the future. And B, it feels you know it feels like there's enough there that we can we can really hold on to the.
0: That leads really nicely into my um, <laughs> performance of the year. And my performance of the year is actually that of the US team or the US horse and rider combinations at Le Lion d'Angers at the Young Horse World Championships. And I know we had Caroline Martin on the show a few weeks ago uh, on the USCA podcast, and you can go back and listen to that listeners. It's a really interesting insight into what she learned going to Lillian last year and then going back this year and the impact that being based in the UK over the summer has had on her and her team of horses. But uh, just to put it into context for you, so at Lillian D'Angere and the Young Horse World Championships, coming into 2022, only two US horses. uh, And actually, in fact, it was... Only one U.S. horse, beg your pardon, only one U.S. horse had ever finished sub-30 going back to 2008 at Le Leon Dante and the Young Horse World Championships. That was Cooley Moonshine, Liz halliday Sharp, when they took the individual bronze um, back in the the six-year-old class in 2018. But other than that, there had been no other U.S. combination finishing sub-30 in either of the classes. Now there are five because actually four of them, finished sub-30 this year. Philip Dutton-Denham in the uh, uh, seven-year-old class, Liz Halliday-Sharp and Shanroe cooley in the seven-year-old class, uh, Caroline Martin in the seven-year-old class with Galway Bay Blake, and then Caroline also in the uh, six-year-old class with Galway Bay Redfield, HSH Connor, uh, who took the individual silver medal. So just the quantity that have come through this year, um... Even looking at, you know, five of the seven best finishing scores we've ever seen at Le Leon came in 2022. That is significant. And they are from a range of riders with some really, really smart young horses. And as I've said a few times before, the road to LA, people, the road to LA, because we have to start thinking about it. These are the horses that we are going to be seeing at the Olympics in what, six years time. The the six-year-olds are going to be 12. The seven-year-olds are going to be 13. It is perfect Olympic territory, and it is just proving so exciting for the U.S. team. Um, so that for me is the performance of the year. I could have gone with the the Petone one, I admit, uh, that did spring to mind, but I'm going to go with Lillian. That's my um, that's my ticket. Uh, Rob, how about you?
1: So I had to be unique, and even though I completely agree with with what you guys have said so far, I for my specific i think it's what was it ride of the year is that what it is or um performance of the know, year performance of the year i'm going with a fan favorite and one of my favorites dr kevin keen on Sportsfield candy so when in the two star who aren't familiar he's kind of this perennial amateur uh veterinarian uh competes um and is just one of the greatest guys in the world incredibly brilliant um spectacular vet and i got to do the announcing at tryon when he won the two star division over boyd martin no less and um when he and and many at like 52 other competitors when he field. when it was a big field and the crowd erupted that were there because everybody loves Kevin, and so he and Sportsfield Candy took the win, faultless in in show jumping, um, just fantastic story, and and I actually had so much fun. Like someone said, that's the most animated I've ever heard you. And I, <laughs> winner's Kevin Keen, Doctor Kevin mm-hmm. Keen. So yeah, I love that. That was an amazing performance
0: sometimes there's those performances that just capture the imagination aren't they and I particularly love it when an amateur beats one of the big pros um in a a competitive class because yes there's lots of other people in that class but actually Boyd Martin is one of the best riders in the world so to kind of add his uh, scalp to your kind of success is pretty cool um Dee, how about you? Are you sticking with the performance in Tryon as your performance of the year or have you got anything else?
3: I was going to, you know, raise issue with both yourself and Max in terms of picking, you know, a full, I don't know how many um, performances you two managed to capture in taking all of the horses from Petoni and all of the horses from the Leon. Quite a
2: lot,
0: Max. <laughs> you
3: know,
2: it's fine.
3: You know, I think it left myself and Rob with, you know, a much more difficult task of, you know, having to go to, uh, you know, Find the emotional heartstrings that that Rob was able to pull. And you know, for me then I get left somewhere in the middle of like, well, you know, you can't with any degree of authenticity really go to, to grassroots and find that story that you want, although I do have some horses I want to talk about there. Um or I can't go to either of those two major championships. I think um I think Bertone was very special. I think uh, I think there was a couple of moments for me that stood out. I think both off the record and my bomb if we're talking about the top end of performance I think they had big questions to answer from a lot of from a lot of uh, even the home fans you know even US fans I think would have wondered whether you know what the effect of those pertoni hills were going to be we knew my bomb was going to be very strong in the first phase but we had to see cross-country um time penalties you know not rack up i think there was equally a question mark there no matter no matter the Aachen and winner i think people wanted to see him deliver on a long format tough track and I, I don't think either of those riders were guaranteed um the types of uh the types of cross-country rounds that that they were able to deliver i think both are so strong in in the first phase and last phase that that US performance um really relied on on those penalties as you said Nicole every penalty counted but there was a couple of there was a couple of questions I think that had to be that people had to really dig in and and go for and I think particularly my bomb cross country was one that was one that really stood out
0: Okay, kudos D for actually pinning it down to one performance. Not like Max and I. I mean, we probably had about seven between. No, more than seven, eight, nine between us, Max. But it's fine. Um,
1: I was, on. I was actually. I'm kind of disappointed in D. I, I fully expected, and maybe he's saving it for for later. Something related to Auburn and the intercollegiate championships, given <laughs> his proclivity towards that program. But it's okay. I'll you know I'll take that. You That's a definitely good. Face-
0: We'll watch this space. Who knows? He's still got time to redeem himself. Um, Right. Let's go on to the next on the list because, listeners, our next point that we're going to talk about is story of the year. So, this could be something that tugged at the heartstrings. It could be something that just really resonated. Could be a great performance, but just something that felt bigger than the performance. I'm going to get things rolling, actually, because our guest on the last podcast is actually my story of the year. And that is Dan Kreitel, who went on to finish the year. He is the new USCF national champion. He won the four star long at tryon. It was his first attempt at the level. He is essentially an amateur. When when you hear him talk about the challenges that he and his family have faced um, in the last couple of years, he's got a young family. His wife has been quite poorly. It's just absolutely extraordinary. And, and again, he went to try on and he beat a very, very good field, including the likes of Liz Halliday-Sharp and Z, who, you know, were selected for the Olympics. They didn't make it to Tokyo because of an injury, but they were selected for Tokyo um, and he beat them. So, uh, if you haven't listened to that podcast, listeners, I can thoroughly recommend it. Very interesting. He's a lovely, lovely chap. So enthusiastic, so engaging, and you could just hear how much it meant. And uh, for me, that they're the biggest wins, aren't they? The ones where you can kind of feel the emotion behind it.
1: I, I love Dan and, and rooting for him in Kentucky. You know, it, it was funny because I've I've seen Dan, I've heard heard of Dan before. Um, he comes from Indiana, and possibly that's that's why we don't. Um, you know, I mean, I, I Indiana and the events there are, are fantastic. But, you know, it's, uh, most of the time we're hearing about people coming out of Virginia, California, you know, North Carolina, Florida. Um, so that was pretty a pretty amazing story. It just and, sort of
2: appeared one day at Rocking Horse going yeah. advanced. And I thought, with Three horses. Who's this guy? And Sharon's <laughs> yeah, like, that's, my student. that's Dan. That's my student. I was like, Okay, well, where'd he come from? I mean, usually <laughs> you hear of somebody but when they're going intermediate at some point. She's like, He's the nicest guy. So that's pretty, yeah, it was just a sweet, it's just good. And yeah, because at Kentucky, he had rails that allowed Liz to win, and then this year Liz had a rail which technically allowed him to win. Even though, if she had jumped clear, she, she would have won. And he, because he had a rail, and so it it flip yeah. flopped. So in yeah. the end, her rail allowed him to win. So it was a nice sort of reciprocal. it came back around. It did exactly.
0: Um, okay, so here is my moment of the year and uh, story of the year. Uh, Rob, how about you?
1: Sure. So I I came in with one that I'm prepared to talk about, and I'll say there was another one I I thought about. So I'll, I'll I might cheat, and at the end I'll throw in my second one if no one else does it. But I'll start with um, Alliston versus Alliston, and then Alliston on the podium with Alliston and Alliston, and I'll explain that so that at the American Eventing Championships, um, you know the Allistons, uh, Helen and James, essentially dominated the, the field. No apologies to everybody else who was there, but there's a reason why all three of them ended up on the podium. But one of the coolest things to watch throughout the competition was Helen leading and then James overtaking her after cross country. And then just to have James essentially, I think it was like the last rail on show jumping dropped. And so Helen took over the top spot from James. He, he finished with second and third, but then on the podium, uh, was, uh, James' mom, uh, Petey, joined them from from the UK. She's like, this is the first event I've I've come to in the U.S. Um, And it was just, it was a great story between the three of them. And they just had a blast and took home a lot of money and, you know, had some fantastic rides in the most beautiful setting up there in Montana at Rebecca Farm. So for me, that was a pretty memorable one.
0: It wasn't a case. Well, it felt like it was a case of which Alistair is going to top the podium here because they they went in with a really, really strong hand. And I remember we did a preview show um, and there was some healthy, healthy discussion about it. But they absolutely nailed it. Um, Right. Max D, who's going to volunteer to go next?
2: I'll go next. I'm getting pointed to um, my, I think one of the cool stories of this year is uh team price. I think uh, Tim and Janelle price and their um, what they've done this year, their domination of this year, they uh number one and two in the world, very confidently up there. And then, but not only that, but then their groom, um, Kez, Karen, um, winning the um, FEI groom of the year too, sort of as icing on the cake for that whole team and, such a great year and you know we great years don't always come around like this and you know the highs can sometimes be filled with lows right behind it so um i think they that is an incredible year that needs to be celebrated because as we all know it sometimes it happens great for the husband and not for the wife when you have a husband-wife and wife combination but it's been a pretty stellar year for them throughout um between you know placings that the World Championships, the Booklow, the Nations Cup finals, and and everything, and all their wins in between, um, all their five star wins, and it's just sort of you know, and they don't come to, at the beginning and start you know win it from the very start. They sort of just peck their way along and always end up on the top. So it's um, and it's good a tribute to their management and their team and everybody else. So it's um, I think that's a pretty pretty impressive.
1: Yeah, we got to see a piece of it at the Maryland Five Star this year. It was pretty neat to have Tim do so well you know and i know coming after dressage i think i said to someone around me i said you know if tim or before dressage, if tim puts in a good ride he's going to be pretty impossible to beat
0: they're genius though it, they are just incredible i mean the horse that tim rode at maryland was a 10 year old five-star debut on and you don't see that many of them deliver performances like that um they for me are just unbelievable horse people they're, they're just absolutely incredible they work unbelievably hard they do things their way they have an incredible support team um and and a very very healthy legion of fans i'll be honest listeners i'll let you into a little secret when i grow up i want to be Reginald <laughs> <at the> price <laughs> right i mean what a legend she's
2: such a badass she's oh. so she's amazing she's very cool
0: um, so, yeah, I'll second that. I think absolutely extraordinary. And I think it's a brilliant showcase for our sport that a husband and wife duo can be at the top of the world's rankings. It's not been done before, and it's very, very cool. Um, D moment of the year or story of the year? <laughs>
3: um, story of the year is, without doubt for me, it is uh, the continued rise of Liz Holiday Sharp while is holiday sharp i hear you all say it. not uh, not part of that famous protoni win um not part of not part of the tokyo olympics and i think what makes this a story for me is without having to go all the way to the kind of um you know the depths of the well to try and find resilience you know this is a writer who you know has a you know great string of horses who Rob, I think one of the stories is definitely going to be, you know, your love affair with mix master, master C, C. And, yeah, and you know, uh, I think that one of Liz's wins was, um, was that Rebecca, I think with mix master C um,
2: yes. in the four short
3: in the four short, yeah. but I suppose from a story point of view, Nicole, rather than simply saying, you know, Liz is a great writer and has a, has an incredible record, which we know I, I don't think Liz really gets the credit for how good and for what she's achieving. Um, so I was having a look because I think you know De Niro Z in particular, um, the disappointment of that late unavailability, shall we call it, for Tokyo. That's a huge. That's a huge blow for for anyone. You know when you know Nicole. We see it in terms of how close we are to Sam. What it feels like, you know, I think he's missed, I think he missed three Olympics in a row before he finally got to Tokyo. And, you know, that last, Sam started the year with three top horses. By the time it got to Tokyo, he was on his last horse and was having multiple trot ups every day. You know, it, it's it's awful, you know, and for me, I think uh, without knowing Liz, like kind of personally in any way, I I could almost feel that because of my own relationship with Sam and how much I could feel resting on it. So I could feel that disappointment a little bit from afar. But what I want to say about Liz is, listen to this. For the last three consecutive years, she's had more international wins than any other writer in the world. In 2021, it was it was shared with a couple of other writers. She had six international wins. But in 2020, she had nine. And in 2022, she had 13. What gets more interesting about that is that's 28 international wins in the last three years. The next person on the list, if you look at the last three years, is Michael Young, and he's on 18 wins. Over three seasons, Liz has 10 more international wins than any other writer in the world. And like behind her is Michael Young, Oliver Town, and Piggy March. Fourth on the list, interestingly, is Tammy Smith with 13, and then Ingrid Klimke with 12. But when we're talking about writers like Piggy March, like she's nearly doubled that. And that's just internationally. You know, she's more national wins than any other writer in 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 the US this year. um I think the levels that you have to be performing at, the consistently turning up, and I don't mean that in a I don't mean that in a kind of um, you know, sticking a gold star on her head type way for participation. Consistently turning up and winning, and equally having to be in the same conversation as as philip and boyd as will as tammy but ultimately not having gotten the you know the big payoff and the big uh i mean that in a in a in emotional sense and in a feedback sense of the world you know not having been there on the big days i think it's a really big accolade to liz that she's continued to perform at the absolute highest level i think what she's doing on an international stage as well as a national stage is is pretty special. I think to have ten more international wins than your nearest rider in the last in the last three years, and for your ne- nearest to be Michael Young, um, twenty eight international wins is something really really special. I think she's built a great team. I think we've seen that from the La Le Leon results. I think we've seen it from her young horses coming through, and I think there's really I hope for her, and I think there is really exciting things to come for me. 2022 will naturally, Nicole, be the story of the story of Pertoni and the story of those big five star wins. And and I think there's always a, a draw to that. But I think um, if you're looking at the season as a whole, I think 13 international wins, I think uh, it's about another 20. I think it's 29 just at grassroots, you know, just at the grassroots. Levels. I think she's tw- another 29 national level wins on top of that. I think it's been it's been another incredible year and the spotlight des- deserves to be on her.
0: Tell you what though it's exciting isn't it when you look at the horses that liz has got coming through up the levels and the fact that actually she wasn't part of the team that won a team medal this year that actually the horsepower is very much still firing um i think competition for for squad places is very very healthy and actually makes everybody better so it, it kind of builds on that bigger picture again of the u.s team strength um and how healthy it looks at the moment okay Last category, listeners, is going to be the moment or the shock of the year. So this is the moment that we remember. This is the the shock, the moment that we sort of took a deep inhale um, and sort of gasped with excitement or horror or whatever it may be. Basically, the opportunities are endless with this category. So Rob?
1: Oh, I was going to say, please don't me. call on me first. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I had, uh, th- there were so many, that's the problem. I mean, it, it was a pretty, uh, exciting year. Like I you said at the beginning, I listened to the mid season podcast and I'm I'm listening to us talk and there's no even perception of come post Pretoni, all of a sudden we're back as this world power. So, um, I'd say realizing that the team victory was in hand. Well, I mean, at, at one point we were looking at gold, potentially at Protoni, and then the the shock of knowing, did we actually just get a medal? And I wasn't even there firsthand. Max was, I mean, you know, but we're sitting there doing the math in our heads to make sure it worked out. And, and yeah, that was, that was a pretty huge shock. Um, I, I walked away from that with my, my heart a little bit. Uh, Exercise more than usual for sure.
0: Agreed, Max.
2: Oh, I'm gonna. I'm. You have to come back to me because I just can't think of one. I can't think of one. I'm just. I'm. I'm. Racking my brain. As I said, I was like, I can't even remember who won Kentucky. (laughs) I mean, that was that was a moment of the year. I mean, a Uh, world record at Kentucky. That was pretty big.
0: Yes, Um, that is very big. That was pretty enormous and something that made all of the headlines.
1: That was Dirt Terminator, though. You kind of expect it. So, like, I wasn't shocked. It was more, you know, it was more along the lines of, of wondering just how much he would beat people by this Did, year. So, does
0: yeah. everybody follow Michael Young on Instagram? No. OK, so at the time of recording this, listeners, some of you may have seen it. Unfortunately, it will have expired off Instagram, but I thoroughly recommend going to follow him. Uh, it was on his stories. Basically, Michael Young's son, who is like 18 months old, was going around on the lunge on his own with some sort of he was sat in the saddle, had a seat better than probably the vast majority of the equestrian community. And he's 18 months old. I mean, he's probably barely able to walk and he's literally trotting, walking. And it was just this little video clip. And I thought, oh my God, there's another one, people. There's another one coming. Give it another 15 years. And God help us all.
1: You know, shock-wise, I'll I'll throw... I've got a bunch, actually. So I'll throw another one for you.
2: Can I
0: borrow
1: one? (laughs) Yeah, sure. I'll say... One of my one of the most fun ones for me was when um, and I it didn't the day did, or the weekend didn't work out for him in the end. But when Woods Bauman was leading the Maryland five star after dressage, I was like, I'm, you know, this is fantastic. You got Tim Price. You got, yeah. you know, all these folks. And 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 Woods, our our Kentucky hometown guy was was uh, leading. And I'm all of a sudden it got really exciting for me when that when the day came to an end.
0: Mine mine is a bit of a shocking moment of the year. Um, and it is that that Philip Dutton was left off a major championship team for the first time, listeners, since 1992. He has been on a major championship team, either for Australia or for the US, going all the way back to 1994. That is every world championships from 94 onwards, uh, and every Olympics from 96 onwards. Um, And it came to an end this year. And I'll be totally honest, I was gutted for him because, I mean, he was arguably so close. He was the traveling reserve, which makes it even harder. It wasn't, you know, horse injury or unavailability or not having a horse at the level. He was so close. And I mean it was just the most extraordinary record every major championship team for what nearly 30 years 28 years just uh, and then it, it sort of was broken this year I I was gutted
3: I love a streak as much as you, Nicole, um, and I love records being thanks. set, and 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 you know that's our our bread and butter. But equally, I think it's uh it's really healthy, and I think it's really important. Like particularly because the team did well, I think it's a really, really important part of you know people like um Ariel Gral coming through. I think it's it it's really important that that firstly that pathway feels achievable that it feels very much based on merit personally i agree with you nicole in that i think z is a a really underrated horse in the u.s on on every metric and every number you can find z performs really really highly and i think um would probably have a place in in a lot of even those big six championship teams but what i think is very important is that no team this happened a little bit in the uk potentially you know in that maybe early maybe late two thousand and two thousands. 2000s nicole do you remember when it was like william so william fox Pitt, uh tina Cook, Pippa funnel like teams develop mary king teams develop whereby you get this second team knocking on the door all the time where you feel like well we're never going to get in because it's philip and boyd or we're never going to get in because of xyz and actually i think for the pathway to like i think the philip thing was pretty shocking in that you're like oh my god philip's not on it but then for the team to deliver and for the pathway to be open i think for bobby costello's reign to be able to be well whoever will be on the team will be on the team based on on merit and for them to go out and deliver i think it's i agree with you in terms of a, i agree with you in terms of a sit up and take notice moment i'm glad it worked and i think for the for the longer term i think it's a really uh, it's a really healthy, positive thing that you feel like anyone can be on and anyone can be off.
0: I I don't think it was the wrong decision at all, um, but I was really blooming sad because I, <laughs> yeah. it's just extraordinary,
2: and it was all over. I've got I've come I've I've come up with two. I've come up with a local one and an international one. My local okay, one. Go on, Max for me is the shocking which is so is the loss of Red Hills Horse Trials that to me is a is a shocker because that's a real bummer because that's been a, a year yearly favorite for a lot of people for a long time and that just sort of fell apart this year so that's what that but the my international one is um the performance of Yasmin Ingham this year and coming in to be second at Kentucky and then going to the world championships as an individual and and just absolutely hammering it down at her first major senior championship um was seriously impressive so that was you know shocking in a lot of ways because a lot of people in america didn't know who she was until she came to kentucky and people said oh that's she rides pretty good and then boom you know just what she dropped at at the world championships was very impressive
0: yeah and and actually the the progression from kentucky to protoni was also really impressive as well. I think lots of people in in Kentucky would have been impressed, but actually Protoni sort of blew everybody out of the water. And I think one of the things that stands out for me with Yazingham and Banside de Loire is they have been working over the last couple of years since the horse um, came out of France. He was a young horse when he came out of France, probably at two or three star level. Um, The aim was always Paris. That was always the, oh, wow. the owners bought him with the aim of going to Paris. Yaz has come through the um, sort of the pony junior young rider system in Great Britain, and she's actually taken the, I think she's the only rider or was the first rider to take the every single age group national title. So the under 16s, 18s, 21s and 25s. Um, and so and, they
2: and both, now seniors.
0: They <laughs> now, and now obviously she's the world <laughs> champion. But they've both been kind of like, funneled towards this goal and I actually think that the pressure around that is absolutely enormous you know the the pressure of obviously it's an incredible position to be in but knowing that you you've been bought a horse with the aim of Paris and everybody about you with the aim of that Olympics and we're still what Two years out, just under two years out from Paris, still. Um, But they're now the world champions on a a championship debut. Uh, It just feels like there was a lot of pressure, but it's absolutely extraordinary the the story that they've kind of created along the way and the journey that they've been on. Um, The moment shock of the year for you? Got some fun facts, uh, kind of key numbers around US performances of the year
3: that's much more my bag now than shocks i'd be i'd be i'd be good <laughs> at the key numbers I, I, okay
0: go on then i'll dive into a little pop quiz shall i well
3: before you do and just in case you don't you just in case this doesn't get the merit it does can i do one more um spotlight section um, and okay. because i don't think because i think it's a it's always a good chance to shine a light on um interest and performance over the year one record that you guys will be familiar with that we come back to uh, fairly regularly on this show is ryan wood's cross-country jumping clear record nicole i can see your open mouth face and i'm sure was it going to be one of your fun it facts it
0: was going to be one of my first like fun <laughs> facts but it's okay you roll with it it's
3: okay go on. what is your fun fact first and then i'll add to it
0: well, I was just going to say, Ryan Wood, we've had him on the show, actually. And, and yeah. sort of I was quizzing him on what his secrets were to try and help the rest of us out. Um, And listeners, we'll, we'll link it in this podcast um, so you can go and have a look at it. But his record is just absolutely extraordinary. So at grassroots level, so up to the one star level, he has never had this season a cross-country jumping penalty uh so he is on an absolutely massive streak and I'm gonna let you take a guess Rob how many clear rounds cross-country at one star and below so we I'm, I'm talking grassroots at this point um how many clear rounds has Ryan Wood jumped this year cross-country what
3: he's got 100 just, just, just this, this year
0: yeah <laughs>
3: uh what, what kind love, of ballpark I love, are we in nicole we i'm, in, think,
2: I'm gonna say 120 okay max is way out that's too okay. okay well he rides like four or five a weekend so i mean a day I'm, so, gonna awesome. go, he has I'm gonna
3: go he's with... gonna he's 89 runs is that right over the whole lot nicole
0: he is 57 from 57 100 wow for
1: and and a newly uh naturalized u.s citizen because he um is another no actually well but he's dual right but he passed He's the dual test.
2: citizen, right but he's, he's yeah, still yeah, riding yeah. for australia but he's um yeah, but he's yeah. now but
3: he's we'll change that. Passport, he's we'll yeah. Yeah. that now yeah. yeah we'll change that <laughs> so he's actually nicole he's 88 from 89 if you go beyond grassroots so if you take it to all levels it's 99 percent that brought wow. me even further 99 percent this year that brought me further down the rabbit hole Nicole because I was like I can't really go on with a fun fact about like because it feels like it feels like we've done this it feels like a few times we've been like hey guess what when we get Ryan- to the
0: end of every season and we're like Ryan Wood you're a god like- I
3: know well yeah cross-country jumping you're a god we want you <laughs> so but I actually went and said I said okay um I was uh Texan Georgia and I said Tell me what's it like over the last, you know, three seasons or, you know, or five seasons. Just give me the more impressive one. Which is it? Anyway, five. uh, She kind of took it out of the ballpark and said, why don't you just go back to the very start of when we began working with USCA and, you know, how much data that we have cleaned. I'll take you all the way back to 2014. Um, 1,031 runs, 999 cross-country jumping clears so oh my god in terms of stories the first time first time out first event next year no matter what the level ryan woods uh is going to be jumping for his 1000 jumping clear in uh in our usa data uh 96.9 so almost 97 percent uh clear jumping cross-country um i think there's a i think it's a uh, it's fabulous, you know. I mean, it's a fabulous thing that I, in the same way as I talked about Nicole at that, that spotlight in terms of Liz and, you know, the natural attention going to that going to the medal. I think we know it. People listen to this podcast will likely know it. You know, just taking one horse to an event involves the whole family usually. You know, from an emotional investment to a time investment, everybody. Is there across three phases, across multiple days, even just at the show, plus the travel on top. I think for someone to be, you know, turning out 89 times cross country this season, jumping clear 88 times and for them to be, you know, approaching their 1000 in the last, what's that, maybe seven seasons. uh, Absolutely incredible performance. (laughs) Um, There's one other Nicole. Um, and i'm worried now that i might be invading the fast fact section but fast fact section but this is really nicole i must say this is where i thrive when we come into these little fast facts i now feel at home shocks you know i'm always nervous that i'll say the um the inappropriate thing but fast facts nicole (laughs) i've one more for you so um martin duzon I think one of his horses, the Dreads uh, Silver Ruby, that horse, I think that horse has the joint amount of, you know, wins on U.S. soil this season. So, like, uh, uh, he has eight eight wins this season. So, I think uh, up there with Maybach, um, just behind, there's a list of horses with six wins. But Dreads Silver Ruby has eight. And then I thought, tell me more about Martin Duzon. That seems particularly impressive, eight. How is their cross country jumping across all levels, and actually the ninety nine percent for um for Ryan wood was uh, beaten sixty two outings sixty two clears for martin this year, so hundred percent wow. clear across country and it's not a small number as you know to take a horse or horses around sixty two cross country tracks across the u s this year i think um very, very impressive. And again, while there's natural attention on other places, I think cross-country performance, the bread and butter of of the sport, I think, um, also coupling the most amount of wins, I think it's been an incredible season for, for Martin.
0: That is pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, you didn't steal one of my my fast facts. I was kind of going to go some key numbers for right, you, team. go on. Team. Okay, so I am going to ask you to give me the best international dressage score that we have seen on U.S. soil this year. Or
2: well, from a U.S. rider, it doesn't have to Oh, really. from a U.S. rider. From a U.S. rider.
0: Can you give
3: us is... some hints around these things? So I think didn't Smith
2: do, like, drop an 18 somewhere? 21. 21 at Carolina. There have been some good
0: scores, uh, but it was not a 21 at Carolina.
3: Low, lower or higher? Lower. National. Oh, oh. National no, well. international. International, best international. Uh on I think US Oil. Liz had
2: I think Liz, Liz dropped one with one of her young horses.
0: Maybach did a twenty-two point yes. three Okay. at uh where did she do? Try on in a one star at the end of the year. Um I'm actually going to say that it was very impressive. It was a fifteen point seven.
3: Oh my god.
0: and it was Will Coleman and oh right and
2: Tonic at at
0: Stableview in September and I'm actually just going to see where that sits among the whole international field like where does that sit
2: and the irony of that was Will literally had just got home from Pratoni. And showed up there. So his wife had done all done so much maybe, of the work on the horse.
0: <laughs> maybe that's the spirit. Oh, maybe no. that is, maybe that is what we need to do. Uh, I can put you
3: out of your misery if you want, Nicole. Such a gorgeous it's, horse.
0: Well, please, please do because I'm frantically searching a spreadsheet. Um, uh, and I'm you don't have misery.
3: access. You don't have access to all the family jewels that I have access to. Here from Georgia, it is the best.
2: It is
0: the
3: best score okay. internationally this year.
1: Wow there you go well and, and and that i will say <clears throat> will's performance kind of um, also highlights you know i'm i'm super excited about the our usca leaderboard and the changes that were made over the last couple of years and so will with um, Don Dante and off the record are he's got the top horse this year, and he's also got um, off the record is within the top ten. But amazingly, Chintonic did not make the te- top ten, so I'm gonna have to look into that a little bit more. <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, that's Will had a hell of a year, a really good year.
0: It's pretty impressive, to be fair. Um, yeah, he's
3: pretty impressive. He's, he's
1: also hungry for inter- more.
3: Yeah, he also has the best international finishing score in the world this year. Like. You know what, like the US, when you look at it here, I've got some, Nicole, I think my fast facts are, co- I've oh, got international,
0: you, know you, you, right? you you roll with the fast yeah, facts, I've got, like, I I've think got loads, they're faster, <laughs> they're
3: definitely faster, to you. all right, I've got one, right, 18.5, now this is when we need to work as a team, Nicole, in terms of where this result happened, because I just have the raw numbers in front of me here, but 18.5 for Will Coleman is the best finishing score of the year internationally that, that that's was a chin, a sa, same result chin tonic same, as well same result yeah um if you go to the most amount of uh show jumping clears so no po- this again this is just international at the moment but most amount of show jumping clears in the world international oliver townend he is 38 so that's out in front but the next two riders on the list And three of the top five are all from the US. Liz Halliday-Sharp has 26. Caroline Martin has 22. Then Julia Karevsky from Germany, our our Olympic champion, has 21. And then making up the top five is Boyd Martin with 20. But, you know, in terms of who's show jump clear the most internationally this year, three of them are from the US. Most amount of cross-country jumping clears. Number one, Oliver Tannen. Number two, Liz Halliday-Sharp. He has 47. She has 42. Um most amount of inside the time cross country rounds of the year all the favorites Oliver townend will be there a young uh, Irishman called Ian Cassells will be there you can pick lots of you can pick lots of big names Julia uh, piggy and then let me see oh hang on Nicole your friend saffron Cresswell uh, for uh, eagle-eyed out. listeners she will uh, she makes up the top 10.
0: US listeners, I'm just going to say, remember the name Saffron Creswell because you'll hear a lot more of it in the future.
3: And if you hang around with Nicole for longer than 10 seconds, you'll hear a lot more about it. <laughs> I mean Every, everywhere I go, Nicole is telling me the, the new name to follow, Saffron Creswell. But on that list as well, Nicole, in terms of speedy rounds, you've got... Um, Liz is on the list. Boyd is on the list. Um, Tommy is on the list again. I wouldn't have expected that, but there they are. Caroline Martin is on it. Gillian Beale-King, who's playing her trade over... You can over still
0: him. claim her, I reckon.
3: Oh, she kind of starting to fall into that dual, dual, dual way of looking at things that the US have mastered. I think we might be putting a little tricolour on top of Gillian Beale-King at some point in the future. Oh, um, yeah. I think, Nicole, too. Sorry, to bring you... Of course, the big one there more international wins than anyone else in, in the world this year. Liz Holiday on 13, Piggy March on 10, Oliver Townend on nine. Um, across all of these metrics, and it doesn't happen every year, but across all of these metrics in these top fives that we're looking at, there's U.S. flags all across the screen that I have at the moment. That, I mean, it, Rob, you talked about it kind of in the shock territory. As we go into 2023, when some countries are talking about the Europeans and we're prepping for we're prepping for Paris it is a game with a lot of chance you're not going to have an Akin winner every time you're not going to always be able to you know you're not always going to have these big big feedback moments but what these type of ratings and these type of numbers point out is that actually we're back in that conversation legitimately now whether it's a medal or not a medal in in Paris ultimately will be a big excitement or 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 not. However, I think it's really important to stress now we're in the conversation again, in a in a real sense. I think that's the big takeaway from me this year. It's been obviously had its high points and its its podium moments. I think it's a year that we're we're not just talking about being back. I think we are back now and now it's something to build on.
0: Now we can look forward to what might be coming. I am just gonna leave you listeners with one little thing, because I was um floundering around the uh dressage score of will coleman and Chintonic hs at Stableview in september just to put it into context it is the best test we have seen from a u.s rider going back to 2008 that is how good it is it's not just the best in the world this year uh, on that note listeners we're gonna say happy happy christmas happy holidays um Very, very much. Looking forward to being back with you throughout 2023. We've got lots of exciting shows planned. We're going to have lots of different special guests. And we would actually love you to have your say as well. So if you've got any questions, if you've got any suggestions, please get in touch. If you listen to the podcast, please share it, tell your friends. It makes such a difference. And we really do appreciate it. So team, it has been a pleasure as always. And I would just say uh, the most enormous thank you, Max. You have been the most incredible president. <laughs> thank you. Um, and I think your legacy will absolutely live on. And I know so many people have, have said it and have been impacted by the work that you have done, but you have put your all into it. And we really do
2: appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. I just
0: I keep saying,
1: I
2: with, didn't feel like I got much done, but it's been a tough, it's been, it's not been, the, the smoothest ride, but there you go. And
1: I and I got on her the other day when she said that as well because she led the association through h- human and equine disease like we've never seen in the history of this organization. You know, we now have uh, a bright shining beacon of hope on the international stage for the U.S. for the future of the sport. Um, you know, she led us through countless issues, tragedies. Um, Max, you and all the while building a great um, focus on those who care for the horses, the grooms, and, and all those important people who support our, our animals. Uh, you know, I think you did okay, Max. I think
3: you should be proud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. guys. Yeah, amazing. amazing thank you um, i appreciate and it as
0: we said you are not leaving the podcast <laughs> no. uh, but you will just keep on coming back uh, but yeah. no we're gonna have um lots coming up in the new year listeners so do stay tuned uh, but for now from all of us thank you very much for listening as always we hope you've enjoyed the review of the year send us your big moments send us your big shocks send us your favorite performances uh share them across social media we'd love to hear from you uh, but for now Thank you very much. We'll be back with you in 2023. Thanks, team. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the USCA official podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback, then we would love to hear from you. Get in touch through any of our social media platforms at US Eventing and don't forget to subscribe on your preferred podcast platform to make sure you don't miss an episode.